Welcome back to the Millennial Marriage Podcast. Michael, my co-host, how are you? I'm just having the best day ever. How are you? I'm great. Yeah. And for the seventh time, everyone, my name is Jane. And let's just go back to days real quick because it was such a good day today for me. I'd like to talk about how horrible it was in Hawaii. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll just dampen our because, viewers' days. Okay. I don't know if you recall from the last episode, but your sister didn't allow me to go on the trip. And then, do you know what happened? What happened? I had to pick you up from the airport. That's right. Because, though, because you were a good fiancé at this time. We were engaged already. That's right. But that didn't make me any less angry at the time. <laughs> I was very much in love, but very, very salty going to the airport. But you, but you know what? Hmm. You know what? What's that? Seems like you still wanted to marry me after all these crazy stuff. Well, luckily your sister wasn't included in the deal. <laughs> and so once it wasn't I a sister wife situation. No, it wasn't. <laughs> so I get my angry, salty ass at the airport who's had to hear all these happy stories about Hawaii mm-hmm. and the ups and downs of it. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't care about Hawaii right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say care about you, but I don't care about what happened in Hawaii really mm-hmm. because I'm just mad. Mm-hmm. And I go pick you up because I obviously love you. We're engaged, and that's what I want to do. I want to make sure you're taken care of and you get home. And so I go to the airport, and I have, of course, it's not just you I'm picking up. Of course. I have, I have to pick up the person who has single-handedly <laughs> not allowed me to go to Hawaii. Hey, Michael, you can't go to Hawaii, but I'd like for you to pick us up at the airport. Yeah. The situ- <laughs> I, I'm thinking about a million things, and all I really want to do is just pick you up and go home. Pick me up and then leave her there. She can find her own Uber. Yeah, there's a Uber. Here's 20 bucks. Get in a car. I'm just not having it. And so I get there and I'm really happy to mm-hmm. see you. And I, if I recall correctly, we did a little peck and a hug when we mm. got... I mean, it was a long hug, but we, we have... We kept it PG, I thought, and classy yeah. and, you know, no dry humping of any sort happened in public or <laughs> anything right. like that, that people would be like, my God. Yeah, it was not like... We hadn't, it's not like I came, you came home from the military and we mm-hmm. haven't seen each other for years or anything. It was mm-hmm. just, you know, a warm <laughs> embrace. And that's all I really remember happening. But I do remember Margie kind of drifting away and not talking to us for a while. Can you kind of elaborate on what happened there? Well, clearly she, she recalls very differently what happened with our peck okay. and embrace. Recreate the scene in Margie's view. So in Margie's view, we actually made out in front of everyone and made everyone super uncomfortable and canoodled. Those were her words, canoodled a lot. And uh, everyone, the whole airport, all the staff, the the passengers had just gotten off, won a nice family vacation, saw things they didn't want to, apparently. Yeah, I don't remember disrobing at any time. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't either, but... And I, I remember that she basically went and stood by herself for a while and didn't talk to us the whole time we were waiting for your luggage to show up. Mm-hmm. And so that was super weird. Yep. And she addressed it later with me and said those things. Like what did she say? Everyone was so uncomfortable with us that the airport is just uncomfortable. And, you know, it's it wasn't just her and her issues. Clearly, we made everybody uncomfortable with our peck and hug. Yeah. I, I, I guess maybe part of me, especially just didn't have any empathy for her because I was already way past mm-hmm. any empathy towards anything that she had addressed. 
Well, we're highlighting this behavior for a reason, right? What's that reason? Well, obviously, because we hate her, first of all. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, hate is a strong word. I think we're having a little bit of uh, catharsis on some events that happened before. We, things have gotten better, but I, I see what you're saying. Well, because as we transition about talking about our engagement, I mean, she plays a major role in, in this I guess, hostile behavior towards us. So what a great segue. Into what? Our engagement. What would you like to know about our engagement? Did we get engaged? I think so, yeah. That's I can't I can't remember anything. <laughs> it's hard to it's always hard <laughs> to remember those minor events in your life. <laughs> well, why don't you start with I guess your take on it. What was going through your mind that made you think this is the right time? Well, I think I had known for a while that you were the one, quote unquote. Aww. But it has to be the right time and stuff to do it. And the right time and stuff for me was Christmas time because I was thinking about what am I going to get Jane for Christmas? <laughs> and at that point, I really didn't know what I was going to get you for Christmas. <laughs> per huge. And it was maybe, and this is real talk. This is actually how it went. Uh, it was maybe two weeks before Christmas. I'm like, I really don't know what to get Jane. And I already know that she's the one. So why don't I just get her an engagement ring? It wasn't really a, a long thought out process of how am I going to do it and stuff. I guess I'm just not that type of guy mm -hmm. where I need the over the top proposal and stuff like that. And I think you've said later that that's not really the way we are anyway. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're just trying to tell me that to make me feel better. But No, I wasn't. Uh, it's really, um, you know that we're not really like that. Yeah. And so I just went out to our friend. Where did I get the ring at? I forgot. Your friend in the diamond, diamond business. Yeah, because I guess what, what is it called? Shanko. That's right, Shanko. How could you forget our friend in the diamond business? And I had looked online at stuff, and I really didn't like anything that I liked. I couldn't find anything that I liked online. And so in Arizona, I think it's across the nation. I'm not sure. There, there's always this radio ad that I hear when I woke up. <laughs> Uh, when I had my alarm set for the radio and it said, now you have a friend in the diamond business, the Shane company. You've got a friend in the diamond business. Come I, on to Shingo. I actually purposely recorded that commercial and then just played it over and over on your radio. Oh, so you get the hint. It's like a <laughs> 3D chess move. Just kidding. <laughs> and I go out there and you, what guy walks into a diamonds place and is not going to purchase a diamond at this point. But, you know, I hadn't. <laughs> I had made up my mind that I would do it, but I wasn't sure that I'd buy from here. So I walk in the store. It's not a Shanko ad, nor are we sponsored, but I really like the way <laughs> things yet. were yeah, things the way things were laid out. So what I did is I had a price range in mind and I kind of told the lady what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And she hands me this little mat on the table and she says, you know, what what cut do you want? I said, I just want the classic cut. So it looks like the emoji diamond, you mm -hmm. know? And I want it to be <laughs> Jane is relatively. You just petite. show her a photo of the emoji. I want this one. <laughs> yeah, I want this one, but really big. And I said, you know, I want something that's relatively clear, but I think I'd rather have it sized up rather than clear as far as what I was looking for. And she actually allowed me, and maybe this is standard practice, to look at several diamonds like up mm -hmm. close to see because they have different piles of clarity. Okay. 
told her about the price and what I wanted and what I what size looked good. So you're getting like a lesson now on yeah. diamond business and, exactly. and seeing which ones are good, and so, evaluating. <laughs> yes. And so we came up with a carat weight that I had felt that was appropriate for the price range that I was comfortable in spending for this. And so she gave me three different diamonds and I got to look at them for as long as I wanted to. Mm -hmm. uh, she said, you know, you can use a microscope or a telescope or whatever they had there to look at them a little bit more closely. A telescope? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, the reason I say telescope, because it looks like one of those like monocles that you would see like Jack Sparrow have or something. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and, um, you know, at the end of the day, and maybe it was salesman technique, but there was one diamond that was clearly superior to anything else in any pile that I had seen. Ooh. And maybe that was the plan, but it totally sold me. And I was all in on this one diamond. Were it, you just sick of looking at all the other ones? No, it really wasn't that long, but there was just one that was clearly better than the others. And yet in the same pile. I don't know if they mislabeled mm -hmm. it or whatever, but it definitely seemed vastly superior to the other ones that I had mm -hmm. been looking at. And so that's the one I ended up getting. Mm -hmm. And what do you think? In looking back, do you feel like I got a good diamond for you? I love it. I mean, I didn't see all your other choices, but I think you did great. Um, and it's, you know, I, I, I never told you like what style I wanted. I'm just not that kind of person, but I did know that I wanted something very simple. I'm a very simple person when it comes to my jewelry. I only wear like stud earrings or, you know, barely hoop earrings from time to time. They're so small. I like dainty things. And so I like to keep things very minimal and classy, you know, very boring type of jewelry that I think will go with everything. So yeah, you've been, not too gaudy. You've been nothing but happy with the diamond ring that you've gotten, or at least so you've told me. And so I've told you, but at night I'm like, darn this diamond. <laughs> no, I love it. Of course I love it. I think you did a great job. And they, we actually ended up getting in the future our wedding rings there too. So again, not a sponsored ad for Shane Co., but we would go there yeah, to our friend. Any listeners who are looking to get married in the U.S. or wherever you're listening from, if there's a Shane Co. there... <laughs> Now you have a friend in the diamond business, the Shane Company. <laughs> Definitely go there. I would recommend it 10 out of 10. But next, I have to actually propose. And I'm really excited to propose to you because obviously <laughs> in my mind or in my actions, I've gotten the ring. I'm very in love with you. We need to finalize or get this get the show on the road we need to finalize things yes <laughs> enough of this nonsense <laughs> enough of this you moving out and or being out of the the apartment all the time we gotta we gotta get this show That's on the right. road because as you know like you know from past episodes we've talked about me always going home like the filipina lady you got I it am. the deal was struck right struck like lightning that under rules of engagement of this warfare <laughs> that once a diamond was placed on a finger oh said woman would move oh my God. said woman's butt into man's apartment <laughs> signed on the dotted line verbal contract was there, oh, it was a verbal, verbal but it was signed <laughs> the verbal contract <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> notarized by nobody notarized by the lord yeah the lord <laughs> so i knew you were coming home from work and how did you feel coming home from work that day? 
I remember it was a couple of days before Christmas, mm -hmm. and at the time I was doing, uh, I had a different role in the company I, I still work for. I was doing marketing, and you know, it's it was taking a toll on me. We're getting really busy. I was just very tired at that time. I was cranky, and I just wanted to see you and have a drink. Yeah, and I knew that you really didn't, and we weren't really over-the-top type of people where we mm -hmm. want to do this grand engagement. I just, I'm not th that type of person. I don't know that you would appreciate that at all, or if you mm -hmm. may even be turned off by a grand gesture of like overt love. With, with like, like the, a, with the mob like dancing. The mob? The, it's not what it's called, mob dancing when like everybody. Oh, I thought you meant like gangsters. Oh. The mob. Uh, I mean, I guess I didn't want them to show up either. But. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what, what fantastic proposal? Wait, is that what it's called? I thought it was called like mob dance. You mean like where they come out of nowhere and surprise you? Yeah, and then everybody dances and the, it's like you think they're pedestrians, but really they're part of the dancing. I think you're called? right, but I thought it, I, when you said it, I thought you were talking about the you Italian You think I'm mafia. talking about like, yeah. Yeah. So I have this low key thing. So what I did was very subtle, mm -hmm. but I thought was classy was I had our song, which as we like to talk about <laughs> copyright, we can't play on the podcast, <laughs> but just look up. Ambrosia, how deep is your love? No, that's not <laughs> what it's what is it? how much I feel. Okay. That's, not, that's <laughs> not okay. the song. Okay. That's not okay. the song. We're, nobody's perfect. <laughs> I don't know how I got to keep you around. <laughs> it's you're pretty close, but it's called How Much I Feel by Ambrosia. You're the, you like did a Bee Gees <laughs> mix it all Ambrosia mix up yeah. mashup over here. Uh Nobody's perfect listeners, and uh, I'll be the first one to say that. So I have that song on, on video, on repeat, and I'm mm -hmm. like pacing back and forth because okay. I know you usually say you're going to come home at like 4.45, but it ends up being 5.15, and I'm just looking out the window because, you know, I've got this whole setup, very low key. All I've done, which I think is fantastic, in the room, I have the engagement ring behind me, and in the stocking, in the letter J stocking. For Jane. Oh, it's for Jane. Oh, I'm assuming it was for it Jane. It was for Jesus. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, okay, it was, it was for Jane. <laughs> and inside of the J stocking was mm -hmm. a little note that just said, will you marry me? Aww. And so you, you come into the apartment you hear our song that we always remember, the title yeah, and the, artist. Yeah. Do you remember it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? So you get into the apartment. I get to the apartment. I walk up the stairs. And the song is playing. Song's playing, but I think nothing of it because you usually have music playing in the background anyway. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Where's my drink? And I, I'm nervous. I'm sweating bullets at this point. Because you didn't have a drink. I didn't have a drink. I want to be sober me. for this. Right. Oh, because I, I didn't cater to you that Yeah, night? that's... Oh, oh, okay. So I guess... Oh, okay. I guess we're not <laughs> nervous that we're not going to give the girl a drink who had a tough day. Well, I didn't know you had a real tough day. I was kind of just focused on the... the, the oh, that other thing. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Everything else okay. is kind of the side. All is forgiven. Yes, okay. Mm -hmm. So you get in there and I said, why don't you check your stocking? There's something really... I really want to give... I know it's a few days early, but it's mm -hmm. a gift for you early. 
Right. And I'm thinking like, my God, okay, I can wait for the AirPods. It's like three days <laughs> before Christmas. I don't need AirPods right now. And I'm just, you're, you're telling me that you're giving me like, I don't give any Fs about right. anything that's going on inside of this stocking right, right now. Just right. wait three more days. I'll get it then. Exactly. It's like, come on. You can't wait a couple more days. Almost Christmas. I really need to open this right now in a long day. And at this point, like, I really need this to go forward. <laughs> and I'm not really sure how hard to push it. I'm just like, Jane, please, I really want to give this to you today. It's really important. It means a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fine begrudgingly goes to the walks like a zombie over to the J stocking for Jesus. And, uh, so do you reach your hand in? I reach my hand in and of course I'm trying to find these AirPods. We've talked about AirPods before and I'm like, I can't reach for anything. And then I pull out a piece of paper that's all folded. It's folded into quarters. I immediately just toss it by the fireplace. And this, this is the note that says, will you marry me on it? <laughs> Look, Jane, read the note i'm like what where there's the, is this all what's in the there i can't feel anything in the stocking what is it you're just totally disappointed I, you're already pissed right i'm like there's nothing in the stocking i just found a piece of paper i don't know what that is <laughs> and you're like read the read the note read the freaking note <laughs> and so i'm like okay okay get on my back i'll read the note Jeez, he probably made me like a homemade card that i'll have to pretend i liked yeah, it's like one of those things when your kids give you a homemade thing for at school. And I'm like, wow, that's a great you're, turkey, Timmy. You're thinking my proposal letter is going to be the <laughs> same thing as little Johnny four-year-old with their terrible crayon drawing? Yeah, like, you know, those hand turkey things they yeah, make. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, okay, just so there's a visual for our listeners. So did you read the note or did it go in the fireplace? Well, I missed the fireplace, so... <laughs> Luckily, and I grabbed the note. I think it was on the ground or on the shelf or something. I grab it and I look and it said, will you marry me? Love, Michael. What the hell? And I turn around and I see my boyfriend down in one knee with the ring ready. And I think at this point we're getting very teary I immediately say yes. I think you do ask verbally. <laughs> I think you do ask verbally, right? Even though you had the note. Yeah, I asked you if you would marry me. Oh, Just okay. like classic, yeah. <laughs> and I say yes. We're very happy. We start crying. Um, I couldn't believe it. And it was great. And now, Michael. Yeah. It's time for. What? Our next segment. Which is. Michael and Jane review the places to propose. Wow, I am so excited to review places that you can propose with my wife. According to HowTheyAsked.com, link in our show notes. Show notes. Okay, so during this segment, we are going to look over this article, and we're going to run through the top 10 ways that they think the best ways to propose are. And you know what, Jane? I think mm. the best way to do it is to start from the worst and go to the first. So, Jane, what is the bottom one on the list, and what are your thoughts? It says, Mother Nature's Way, which is number 10. And it says, it can include hiking, biking, kayaking. If you like nature, this proposal is for you. Now, if you're a longtime listener, you'll recall that I hate the outdoors, so I am adamantly opposed to doing anything outside where I have to hike, bike, 
or nature see. Right. In fact, you like to chop down all the trees with historical value. And being from Nebraska, I even hate Arbor Day. Oh, wow. <laughs> a, a holiday made by Nebraska. Have you been uh, excommunicated from Nebraska because of that? Or? Yeah, I think, I think that's why I'm in Arizona oh, okay. now. <laughs> okay, next one is number nine. Back to school. If you two met and dated in college, the best way that you could propose is to take your significant other to your alma mater. What if you had like bad memories from school though? What if you're like the worst student in high school? You hated all your teachers. Is that really the best place to propose? Yeah, I guess it depends on your experience in, in college or high school. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, a lot of my friends from high school actually got married. And I don't think any of them proposed at the high school. So but they don't talk to you anymore because you hate Arbor Day. Exactly. The excommunication really... <laughs> Drug down my Nebraska <laughs> abilities here. All right, what's next on the list? Next one is on the job. So if they love their job, they love their coworkers, their boss, you can break up the workday by creating a little workplace romance there and setting up your proposal and get your co your significant other's coworkers involved. What do you think about that? I hate it. You hate it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I want to get my coworkers involved with my proposal. I'd have to be very, very close with my coworkers to do that. Yeah, because what if like I had some emergency, like I'm a doctor, I'm in the middle of a surgery or something, and I'm like, really, are you going to propose right now? My patient's dying. Or what if I'm like a blue collar worker mm -hmm. and I work on sewer lines? Uh-huh. I'm probably not going to do that at the sewer location. Why not? Well, I think because it smells like shit everywhere. Oh, yeah. oh okay. I think okay. that would be a real downer on the proposal. I think that may be interesting, but okay. <laughs> All right, next on our list, we have your vacation destination. I think this is a cliche way to do it. You get mm -hmm. you and your fiance, you go on a big Hawaii trip, which I didn't get which to go you, on. You wouldn't know. But let's say I did go on the Hawaii trip. Uh -huh. Maybe a proposal could have come, but that would have been a real faux pas because it was at a wedding. But if it was just oh a normal trip, I think we could have pulled it off. What do you think? I think we would not be married if you did that. Yeah. Well, what do you think about just like a, a vacation getaway type of... I'm going I'm to agree with you. It's pretty um, cliche and a lot of guys, I think, will do it anyway. You got it. All right. Next on the list, you're up. Looks like your favorite date spot. No. What was our favorite date spot? Well, we really like downtown Chandler here. And, you got it. You know going through the different restaurants there. Although, I'm not sure if I would be a fan of a public proposal. You know, like at a restaurant, everyone's watching, and then they're like, yay, claps all around. And I'm like, I'm not for that. Yeah, you really, and then what if people like don't respond and you expect them to while you're there? Right, what if like your significant other is having a bad day? You just embarrass yourself and she's like not into it. Yeah. All right. Next on the list, where your significant other grew up. That would be for me in Hebron, Nebraska. That would be quite a trek to take you to my hometown in order to show you, although it would be kind of sweet, but you have no connection to it personally. But wouldn't it be a place? Wouldn't you have to go to the Philippines or like here? I was hoping I maybe up... you'd do it for me. Like we're going to Why would I propose? Norms. Because we're trying to flip gender roles. I don't. You like, disagreed with my gender roles. What are you talking about? I'm okay with gender roles as long as, you know. We're, it benefits you. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess if we're fitting traditional gender roles, I would have to go to the Philippines, mm -hmm. which, what do you think? You want to take me? Should I Should I have brought you to the Philippines to propose? Uh, if it's one of those vacation destinations, sure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if you want to propose where I grew up, it's pretty, uh, 
it's rough out there. So. Yeah, as someone who's never been, I think it'd be interesting to go see the Philippines, but I've heard that there are some rough areas, but there's rough areas in America. Exactly, too. exactly. All right, next on the list, you're up. Your first home together. Oh. Now, there's a little bit of a connection here with us. Yeah, what's that? Because our first home together is actually where you did propose, even though it wasn't my home yet. Right. It eventually became my first home with you. So I like this personally. Also, I think it's very private. People aren't watching. If you were to do it publicly, like at a restaurant, it's more intimate. What do you think? I think your first home together would be good for us. It's basically what we did. And mm-hmm. so I think it's a home run, obviously being very biased. <laughs> Can't get what better than idea. that proposal. I, the fact that it's number four on this list, I guess they haven't consulted the Millennial Marriage Podcast no. on this. So I, I think this should definitely be number one. Right. Mm-mm. Next on the list is their dream wedding venue. What do you think about that? I think that's a little awkward. You know, how, that means you've already been talking about weddings and all this stuff, and you already got your wedding planned out. And to me, that's just gravy talk. You think that's a little bit too? You've planned too much. It's it's not spontaneous or anything. Right. I think if you were if you had proposed to where we got married, I would be like. Why are we here? <laughs> Again, it's public. So. <laughs> You're really not for those public spaces. <laughs> okay, next on the list. You're up. It looks like the setting of your first I love you. Well, if I recall correctly, our first I love you was drunk in a bed after a party. Also, where you did propose because it was at your apartment. But in the bedroom. Okay, well, anyway, I am a... <laughs> I am a go for that. You are. I think it's romantic. It's sweet. What if you proposed in a dark alley? Because that's where you first said I love you. I think that really brings a lot of romanticism to the often (laughs) ill-tainted alleyway. Exactly. I I think we need a campaign for the dark alleyway as we move forward. I think so, too. You know, or a dark park next to a homeless man. I think it gets a bad rap. And do you know anybody who's really had a bad experience in a dark alley? I don't know anyone, to be I, honest. I, I think it's fake news. Yeah, I, I agree too. And now, Michael, Yeah. number one, take it away. Is where you first met. And, you know, this is a very good, I think, way to propose to somebody. Mm-hmm. It kind of harkens, it kind of brings you full circle in your relationship as you are doing it. For us, it would have been where? It would be at the Flying Basset Hound Brewery. And what did we eat there? I think we ate chicken tenders. We both got chicken tenders. That is right. And if this were the game show, you would have gotten one whole point. Well, I guess it doesn't matter because it's not a game show and I would not have gotten the one whole point. So nothing matters anymore. Well, on that <laughs> note to this wonderful segment of the podcast, let's move on to the next. That's right. Let's go. So back to our fun engagement story. Okay. Now let's make it tragic. As usually does with our podcast, we yeah. start on a high and come back down to the low. So at this point, you've said yes. That's right. What is running through your mind initially when you say yes? I am elated. I'm so happy, excited. I can't wait to be with you, move in with you, as we uh, first recalled. But then another thing started running into my mind. So for the first initial, you're like rushed with emotion, happiness, mm-hmm. and then it starts to taper off. Why does it start to taper off? Because I knew what I had promised you, which is we'd move in when we're engaged. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize we would get engaged just, you know, a a little over a year into dating. 
Right. So in a way, I was surprised. I knew you were the one. I just, you didn't think it would come so fast, but I was so happy. But I think it started to sink in that I needed to tell my mom and she knew what it meant, right? This is going to be a change for Rose. I remember experiencing the happiness with you. And then all of a sudden, I think you thought about it for more than like two minutes and yeah. realized, as you said, the ramifications of what was about to happen. Right. And I remember, did you tell anybody first or did you call your mom first? I think we called your mom first. That's right. And then we called your grandma. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I should go tell my friends. And that's when you stopped me and said, you need to tell your mom. Yeah. But I was I, avoiding it. You were avoiding it because I think you knew, you knew, you knew what the outcome would be when you call her. So in my mind, I just knew you, ha- your mom couldn't find out from your sister or your mm-hmm. anybody else, but from you. And so as we told more and more people, that would kind of spread, the news would spread very quickly what was going on. Right. And it was important to me to try to save face with the family to have you call your mom mm-hmm. immediately. So what happens when you actually make the phone call? Right. And on a side note, I also couldn't gram the moment if uh, I hadn't told my family first. You got it. Got <laughs> to get it on that Instagram. Or it never happened. Exactly. Well, so I give my mom a call. I'm very nervous at this point, even though most engagement announcements should be very happy. But knowing my mom, it's going to be like the end of her world because she knows what it means, which means I'm going to start a new life. I'm not going to be her at home with her all the time. It's going to be change. I think everything was kind of fair game between us until you moved out. I mean, there was obviously signs and obviously pushback from your mom in general on a lot Mm -hmm. of things, but... Really moving out was the be all end all because you lived at home almost the entire time from birth to 28 years old. Yeah. And so this was really severing that connection into a new life, as you said. Yes. So I give her a call and I said, hey, mom, I have some news. And she's like, what? And she's actually at work at this point. And... I said, Michael proposed, we're engaged. And she's like, okay, um, let's talk about it when you get home. What, what would you say would be a normal response that you'd want to hear from your mom? Well, much like what your family was like, you know, hey, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So happy. When's Congratulations. The wedding? Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. You're so happy. But, you know, it just wasn't that way. Yeah, and I knew when you got off the phone that this really started something that I was not prepared for. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you prepare for somebody being really almost angry, as we'll right. find out later, mm-hmm. that you're going to marry their daughter? So we proceed to tell our friends. I actually end up telling my sister just right before we started telling our friends. In fact, I think my mom was the one that said, you know, you should call your sister after I'd spoken with her just to that she should hear it from me. I'm like, okay. And surprisingly, she took it pretty well. She said, congratulations. She wasn't angry or anything. So I was like in shock, but she wasn't like super excited either. It was just kind of like, congrats. Good for you. Blah, blah, blah. And then when I get home later that night, 
I mean, that's just when things went crazy. When you went home, well, first, let me ask about your sister. We've kind of painted her as, you know, adversarial to the whole thing. Why do you Mm -hmm. think she was so cool about it when you first told her? I don't know. I mean, like I said before, I was shocked that she even took it very calmly, the news. So I really, I don't know. It was refreshing. That's really good to hear. So you're sitting there, you get home, right? Is there anybody else home or are you sitting there completely alone? My sister was home. Yeah. And we, we started talking a little bit about the engagement. She said, congratulations again. But really, there's so much more going through my head because now I'm home. My mom said, let's talk when you get home. And so when you last talked to her was when we first got engaged. About what time was that? It was probably from when we got engaged until I got home. That's probably like four or five hours later, and I still haven't talked to her. So a newly engaged girl tried to call her mother. (laughs) She says, I'll talk to you later and has cold shouldered you for four or five hours. Something like that. Yes. (laughs) And so what do you think? Is go, what's going through your head as you sit there with your sister? Are you guys talking about the impending doom that is coming your way? Or are you guys just acting like it's Friday and nothing's wrong? At this point, I think we're both just acting normal. At the, yeah, we're not. Nothing has really changed. You guys aren't game planning. Like your mom's going to come in hot. She's going to be pissed. I did mention to her. Yeah, I'm not sure mom's going to be. His mom is very happy about this because of all this stuff happening. And my sister was like, nah, I'm sure she'll be fine. Do you, is there any part of you that feels that your sister almost stepped out of the way of an incoming train just to let it hit you? Or she really was just totally ignorant to what was coming in? I have no idea. If you had to pick a lane, you just don't know? I I just don't know because I don't think she also knows what my mom would be angry about because I think at this point she also doesn't know that my plan was to move in with you as an engaged couple. You know, maybe in in their Filipino brains, I'm waiting until we get married to move in because it's the proper way to do things. So I think it wasn't really like a threat to her lifestyle either. Right, because you moving out would threaten her lifestyle significantly. Right. Because you guys have been together since birth, essentially. It's not an immediate threat to her. (laughs) Until it is, right? (laughs) Until it is, right. So you guys are just sitting there waiting for an incoming nuclear missile. Yeah. And so what happens when she comes home? So I hear the garage open and the car pull in, the garage close, and I hear the doors open. Does your heart kind of like flutter? when? Oh, the- yeah. My heart is like pounding at this point. Yeah. And I'm like, hi, mom. And I think we'll end the episode there. Stay tuned next week to hear the conclusion to the engagement story between Jane and Michael. In the meantime, please follow us on Instagram at millennial underscore marriage underscore podcast. And per usual, we're also available via email. Send us some feedback. Send us some fan mail at mmpodcast.az at gmail.com. And with that, Shui, take us out.